Of course, we are now live on Facebook. And to all of our listeners over at Mile High Radio, tune in. Let's see, where else are we listening to? Apple Podcasts. Um, let me see. Pippa. Can you help Stitcher. me out? Stitcher. Oh, yeah. Stitcher. Yeah. And, uh, tune in. I think, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, to all of you who listen to the show on your on the mobile platforms or are watching right now, Thank you, everybody, for showing up. This is the part of the show where we really don't have anything planned because, well, nobody's watching. <laughs> there it was. There's my first laugh. Of- <laughs> oh, God. Good show. <laughs> That's good. What are you doing today? Ah, doing good. Running around like a mad woman trying to get everything ready before I go in for surgery tomorrow, which is like a vacation, actually. I'm kind of looking forward to it, having someone cook food and bring it to me and no cats bugging me to let them in and out. And yeah, it's kind of going to be a little vacation, but I'm hoping they let me out Thursday because I I can't stay beyond like that without Wi-Fi in the hospital. So (laughs) Wow, there's no Wi-Fi in your hospital? No, it's bizarre too. I mean, it's not like a little tiny town, tiny hospital. And she's like, we don't have Wi-Fi. I'm like, what? Like that was like my biggest issue She's like, I know, and some people are here are like more than a week or two weeks, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna be using data. Man, nobody, nobody goes anywhere with. I mean, there's restaurants that have Wi-Fi now. I mean, you go to your Burger King and they'll have Wi-Fi. People can't stay off their damn mobile phones long enough, and they don't want to use up their data. Oh wow, I can't believe. I mean, even the hospital here. If I'm if I'm within like two blocks of the hospital, which unfortunately I'm three blocks away, but if I'm within two blocks, I can get the hospital Wi-Fi. Yeah, no, no uh, Wi-Fi. So I'm like, they need to let me out by Thursday. Like they just need to. I'll like bust out. Oh wow! Can't do it. Well, it today is September 11th, and of course we all know what happened this day 16 years ago. That tragic event where. Hundreds of people lost their lives in the towers uh, when the towers came down. And to all the people in New York City who are still to this day affected by the actions those people took when they when they flew those planes into those towers. You know, that you know, our hearts go out to you. And uh-huh. I, there's nothing that can be said to to show you how much we feel for you. Mm. Yeah, I can't believe it's 16 years. Yeah, it's like, it's crazy, but you know the thing is is we can all still go right back to that place where we were that day. Everybody can, mm. no matter where you're from. We can all still go back to that spot. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. I remember getting up, turning on the TV, my son was I don't know, 6 months old or something. And I had him and I was going to feed him a bottle and I sat down, turned on the TV and one tower had already been hit and it was smoking and they're talking and I'm like not really understanding what's going on. I remember watching the screen and seeing that second plane come along and it was just so surreal. Like my brain was confused as to what, like what's going on? Like what am I seeing? And then it hit and it was just, 
oh yeah I'll never forget I know where I was living I like one of those things like everybody you know those major events and you remember what you were doing and there's a lot of those and what we're going to talk about today too oh definitely you know and very rarely do we have such an you know a, an event that defines a generation like this and you know and people like you and I we've actually gone through three events who that kind of define our generation and when I say that we'll kind of get into it in our conversation later on, but, you know, going into, you know, where I was that day, uh, September 11th, I remember it just as clear as a bell, like it was yesterday. I was sitting in a, in a tin hut, you know, big old warehouse in camp Doha, Kuwait, sitting there with my buddies playing a little bit of Madden on T I, and next thing I know, a soldier comes in from the day room and says, Hey, we just got attacked. Actually, he said, we just got bombed. So cause we didn't really know exactly what was going on yet. And then of course, everybody rushes into the day room and we gather around this, this, you know, plasma TV, or it wasn't a plasma TV. I think it was like one of those big uh, rear projection televisions. And we've got 129 soldiers standing around this one television as we see that second plane hit. And I, I remember looking over at at my buddy, uh, Specialist Jermaine Debro, and I said, man, shit just got real. And he goes, hey, that ain't no joke. And then right then and there, uh, Captain Griebel comes, comes walking in the day room. He's like, third platoon, get your shit ready. You guys are on QRF. And that was like right then and there, when I said shit just got real, shit really just got real because we ended up three hours within three hours of that happening. We ended up on a plane going over to Qatar to be quick reaction force to link up with a Navy SEAL team within, wow. within an hour after that we were, I mean, this is middle of the night now, or this is getting close to the middle of the night now it, where we were at and we were working up uh, a plan to help them slip out under the cover of darkness and us take their place. So it didn't look like anything was going on. So with all that happening, you know, there's, there's so much that's going on. There's so many untold stories about what happened that day. You know, people want to right away start pointing fingers like, Hey, we didn't do anything. We, we just sat back and let it all happen. People don't realize there are so many stories just like mine where things were already happening minutes after that first plane hit, but we don't see those things. So no. with that, I, I can still remember the smells. I can still remember the sights. I can, the sounds, everything. And those things still to this day turn up in my dreams. And you know, it's, it's things like that, that just make me just realize that each and every person has their own unique story. And it's that reason that those unique stories are the reason why we come out here and we, we do the things that we do. And, you know, today, like I said earlier, we've had three major events that have happened to us within our generation. And uh, I can't wait to get started on that. What do you think? Oh yeah. Like so much stuff going through it as, as I was preparing for the show, 
I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then you start remembering, again, some things like I remember where I was and, you know, it's – and you know what's interesting is my son, who's 16, thinks the 80s were great. I mean, he was born in 2001. And um, one of my nephews, too, he just the, – the, oh, the music of the 80s. And there's a lot of people that are still – like, they there's just something about the 80s. And I don't know – no, it can't be the age group because my son is 16. My nephew is um, twice that age. So, But there's just something about the 80s. It was a very pivotal t- decade. Well, you remember back when we were kids how it was cool to go to school dances and they would have like 50s themed sock hops and stuff like that. Well, the 80s are their 50s theme. That's, that's where we were at. The 80s are now the 50s. It's crazy. I know. Do you feel old or what? Like, oh, my God. You know, I, I I don't know if I feel old so much as I feel nostalgic. I guess that's the word I would like to use. I feel nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I still think the 90s were like 10 years ago, right? Like that's... <laughs> they were, weren't they? Like, yeah. <laughs> you think about 90s. They were just like right there. But... Yeah. It's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah. So let's like run through these and then, cause I got a few stories that go with some of these little buggers. If, if you're out there right now watching, please do us a quick favor and hit that share button. That's what I am doing right now. So please be, you know, be patient with me because my fingers, I, I got to hunt and peck a little bit to find the right words, what <laughs> words together. So please hit that share button. We would love to have as many people come on and enjoy grit and grace as we remember the eighties today. Oh yeah. Cause we've all got some good memories of the eighties. I mean, there was a lot of things that happened, you know, the eighties was the flashy, um, like over the top dec- decade, you know, it was the big hair, the shoulder pads. It was the flashy neon. It was the, techno music it was you know excess like people spent money like that's where credit was so huge like people just spent money like crazy um this the um wall street was really really high starting in uh at the beginning of um the 80s beginning of that decade like it was just like people were spending money. People were doing all kinds of stuff. It was like, you know, it makes me think of Robin Leach. Remember that show he did? Yeah. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Famous, right. Yeah. That was one of my favorite shows growing up. And I think because of shows like that, that's the reason why you get a lot of people in our generation now who try to use the Bentleys and the Lamborghinis and all that kind of stuff in their marketing campaigns. Possibly. Yeah. So, you know, you'd watch it and it was like, wow, look at them. Like we hadn't seen that before, but now we were seeing it because television, you know, there was, that was showing up and it was just a decade of excess. And yeah, that show, I loved watching that show. Loved it. Well, you remember Trump was on it too. You remember the movie Wall Street, right? Yeah. That, you know, that was kind of, that to me kind of defined what I thought of the 80s back in, like, mainly on the East Coast, New York. You know, it seemed like everybody 
everybody was a Wall Street tycoon. You had all these guys making so much money in in the stock markets. It seemed like that was the way to go. And that when I was a kid, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be that Wall Street tycoon. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, huh. that's the things that we saw, though. Uh, I remember my dad coming home to me and one day, and I was I could have been more than 11 or 12 years old. And he said, son, if you're going to make it in this world, you're going to have to be an investor. Huh. Put two oh. and two Wall Street investments. I got to go there. You know, to this day, I've still never been to New York City, though. <laughs> wow. Well, you may soon. You may soon. Yeah. So let's let's jump in and run through the things of 1980. Let's start it off. So 1980, what do you got? What is your first thing on your list? Because I actually made a list too. It, it took me a oh, while. Did but you? I'm, oh yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna run. I'm just gonna run through the bullet points that I have for that year, and then we can just let's just talk about it. And if, great. if you're watching, like, let us know. Like, what what do you remember? So 1980. That's CNN launched and Fox News launched. Those were big because we'd always just had the three networks, right? So now we're we're diversifying. See, that's the thing about the 80s, right? Diversifying. Pac-Man. Pac-Man, huge game. Freaking hell, everybody played Pac-Man. And who didn't have a Rubik's Cube that they got for Christmas? You know, I think Pac-Man was that game that turned... That I think that game started the gamer generation. I mean, gamer phenomenon. Yeah, I I remember spending so much money at at the bowling alley because in the in the nineteen eighties, the bowling alley downtown from where we lived, they had three games. They had Tank, Pac Man, and then a pinball game. Nobody played the pinball game because nobody knew how to play pinball really that good. But Pac-Man, oh, man, there was lines, lines for hours waiting for people to get off the machine so you could plunk your dang quarters in there. I know. I know. It was crazy. Crazy. Uh, big thing I remember, another thing in 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted, which is not far from where I am in Washington State. We actually, we had an ash, covering of ash all over everything. So that had to travel up and across the water for us that was a big thing and then john lennon being assassinated yeah started off that was a sad thing and i noticed that you missed one of the most important things in 1980 probably the most important thing of all time in 1980 miracle on ice united states beats russia goes on to be for the gold medal in the 1980 olympics I can't believe you forgot that one. Well, I'm not a sports gal member. <laughs> but, you know, it's, but it was that whole, you know, I, I know Canada took six that year. And it's like the one time they That's ever right. played in the top five, to... or top, top three. But... <laughs> That's right. I'm just trying to forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Painful memories. Painful yes. memories. Anyways. Right. So, um, you, you know, 1980, you pretty much hit everything that I had, except for, of course, the USA wins the gold. But uh, I'll, I'll forgive that one. And let's move. I got 1981 list, if you don't mind. Okay, let's go. Let's give her. 
All right. So 1981, I've got uh, IBM launches the IBM PC to the public. Now that that is huge because I remember my mom bringing one home because she decided that she wanted to be a computer programmer. Oh, wow. She spent $3,500 to buy a PC and enrolled in a community college to, to learn how to code. Uh, that was, that was, that stuck out to me because when I saw this on there, I was like, Oh my God, I've got a personal story for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've got one too. All right. My hubby worked for I, my hubby worked for IBM and did computer programming. Well, there you go. He had, he kind of, he hated it. Well, I think everybody hated IBM. I know, I know Apple hated IBM so much that they literally stole the, the, uh, the design for the mouse from them. That's how bad they Oh, really? It. Oh, yeah. You didn't um, know that? No. You need, you need to catch up on some of your movie watching. Now. <laughs> I think wow. it was Pirates of Silicon Valley where I first heard that rumor. I don't know if it's true or not. And then uh, there was another movie that came out that uh, I I can't remember the name of the movie, but I think it was Jobs or something like that. Yeah. And and they and they had it in there as well, you know, where he went to IBM to try to sell him on something. He saw this device, you know, that was they were clicking around. (laughs) We need that. And they went out. Yes. Yeah, that was a good movie. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so I'll I'll give you a sports pe- fact from 1981. All right, baseball players go on strike. Yes, they sure did. I remember that too. Only because my dad wouldn't stop bitching about it. Eighty-one. <laughs> <laughs> I was seven years old. I was playing little league. I could care less about what was going on in the uh, MLB, but. My dad sure did, and that's all he did is talked about. I wish those guys would go up strike, blah blah blah. Football that's wasn't big. football wasn't as big in 1981 as it as it is now. So baseball was still king. That was the king of sports. And yeah, and Facebook or face Facebook football <laughs> dominates now. Definitely. So it, no, Facebook 81. also because I think there's probably more people catching the scores on. Facebook this year than there is people actually watching the games. Yes. Yeah, I think so. 81 was big for uh, assassination attempts. Ronald Reagan, I remember that one. Um, Pope John Paul, I don't can't say that I remember that. The royal wedding happened. I do remember that. I do remember watching that thinking, holy crap, I can't believe how long her train is. <laughs> and just how regal everything was. Yeah, and don't M- you don't remember that? Yeah, I, I remember the royal wedding. It was such a big deal here because, I, you know, because we're tied to sure. to them, right? Sure, sure, I get and, that. And MTV launched. Yes, video killed the radio star by the bugles, led us into the music video generation. You know, and I always thought that it was, uh, I want my MTV. I, I honestly believe that that was the first video and everything I kept looking up 
kept saying video killed the radio star. So I guess, you know, we live and we learn. And you remember the very first VJ, oh, what was her name? She was like really cool. She had a really raspy voice. She's so famous. Oh, I can't remember her name. Damn. But you know, they only had a rotation of about 15 videos, and that's what they rotated day and night because they just didn't have videos. People weren't making videos. I mean, that was such a new – it's like they launched before bands and musicians were even making videos. Well, it was kind of like – it's kind of like where we're at right now with the internet, with uh, with live video and stuff like that. When When they started making music videos – Every single video production company in the on the planet came out and said, "I can make a music video." And there were some horrible, horrible music videos at first. And yeah. you know, it's like I said, it's like right where we're at right now with with uh, Facebook Live and stuff like that. So it's almost like a history repeating itself. And you know, the same goes for here. There are some really terrible. Um, Facebook lives, but, but <laughs> if we stay after it, if we stick with it, you know, 1981 to now, you know, they, they've made some, now you don't see a whole lot of music videos on there anymore. And that's pretty sad, but uh, who knows where we'll be in uh, 40 some odd years. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. But hopefully I won't be doing Facebook lives because it would be too damn old to do it, but whatever. No, no, you got to keep doing the same things as long as you're alive. Oh, keep no. Doing it. Oh, no. I, you know, I said this from the beginning. I've got a face for radio and I've got a voice for blogging. At 80 years old, I'm pretty sure there's no way anybody is going to be wanting to watch me live on this. Maybe I'll <laughs> pull the, you know, the Paul Harvey route and just go straight radio. I don't know. But I sure won't be being, I sure won't go on. Larry King has got a lot of, courage to be able to get out of the TV still. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. You ready for 82? <clears throat> yes. Let's do 82. Well, 82 wasn't as busy as the other years, No, but the big thing, which kind of played into, so that was Michael Jackson's thriller came out. Now that was epic because it was like a mini movie no video had been produced like that ever. I mean, that was that was huge. That was the big thing. I remember seeing that and just being blown away. And so, and I was a huge Michael Jackson fan. I so, uh, Jackson fan back then, though. Oh, I don't think everybody. I think I, I think he had haters. Everybody has haters. But <laughs> that big, my but. best friend at the time and I. Put together, so we entered into the school talent show, and we did a, a choreograph to Thriller, and so we did it in the school talent show, and we did all the fancy moves because we were both dancers. We did the fancy moves that Michael Jackson did, and people to this day still, if we get together, like a, a few of us, they'll. And that happened this year, too, this summer. We had a reunion, like our French immersion people, because I was in French immersion all through school up until graduation. So we had a little reunion this summer, and someone brought it up. Hey, why don't you guys do the thriller dance? Like 30 years later, 
I, when we did it, everybody was just like, woo. It was like so awesome. We studied that freaking thriller video for hours and hours. You know, it's funny you say that because I did almost the exact same thing only with Beat It. <laughs> <laughs> I had clean version. Down. Yeah, the clean version, of course, because that's all they were playing on TV. But uh, yeah, I studied that thing over and over and over. And at some point, there's like a silent film. My mom used to have one of those eight millimeter silent uh, um, recorders. Yeah, yeah. And she recorded me watching the television, just step step by step, in step with Michael Jackson going through the whole song. <laughs> oh my God! You couldn't hear the music, but you could see the television. You could see me doing the dancing, and it was crazy. It was funny. I wish I would oh find that. That that would be something to definitely put up on, on to uh, uh, to get digitized and put up here on Facebook. I cannot believe we both have a freaking Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson dance story. <laughs> yeah, That's crazy. I, I wasn't a fan of Thriller. I was more of a fan of Beat It. It had more of my type of uh, tempo to it. Thriller was just too damn scary. <laughs> it was kind of freaky, though, some of those people. Those oh, dead people. It was kind of freaky. 30 years you got anything else? 30, no, not in 1980. 1982 was a pretty bum year. It was just just nothing really happened. It was, I guess, well, no, there's um, 1980. No, that was 83. I'm sorry. Let's go. Let's move on. Okay, 83. 1983, Sally Ride, first woman goes to space. Ride, Sally, ride. Do you That's remember? Which, uh, do you remember which, uh, which uh, space shuttle she went up in? No, God. Inaugural flight of the Challenger. Oh. Columbia went up in 1980 for the first space shuttle launch. And then in 1982 or 83, Challenger was was uh, put out. And that was her the inaugural ride of the Challenger. Which we're going to oh. get into what happened to the Challenger coming up here in the next couple of years. Yeah. 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 So the other big thing, do you remember this? I don't know. Did you watch MASH, the final episode of MASH? I, you know, I did not watch the final episode of MASH until last year. Really? Yeah. And I watched MASH religiously on reruns, of course, and syndication every single night before I went to bed all through my high school years. And I never had seen the first episode of MASH nor the last episode of MASH until last year. Well, the first episode, wow, that was really different. That show really evolved. Oh, I introduced my son to that show, and he loves that show. But that last episode was, like, so sad. Yeah. Yeah, with, with them going crazy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was that was a pretty sad episode. That was huge. That was a huge thing for that, yeah. And um, anybody could have pulled that off except for Alan Alda. He's brilliant. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. yeah. And you know, I, my grade seven teacher, oh my God, he loved MASH. If he could bring up an example in teaching us, he freaking always talked about MASH. Always, <laughs> always, always. 
Oh God, yes. He always talked about mash. And um, but you know what I liked? I think what what why it's a classic is the writing. Like that, you could watch it today, and the writing still. It, it's still relevant. It's still witty. It still uh, grabs you. It's it, brilliant at tackling tough topics and then just regular what you go through as a human. Like the writing is brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Um, wow, that was crazy. I I've never seen this before from Facebook and. So I jumped over to Facebook because I wanted to see who was joining us. And Anthony Hayes, thank you very much for coming on board with us. And you're absolutely right. The TV shows Knight Rider and Airwolf were amazing 1980s action television. And uh, Scott Jones, thank you for joining us as well. Uh, We appreciate you. And if you are sitting here watching, throw a one or something in the comments. That way we know who you are. And we can say thank you. We are talking about the 80s. We're remembering the 80s as as it happened chronologically. And we're throwing in our own little personal stories from time to time along the way. So thank you for joining us. And if you would, please share this out because we want you to be able to share your experiences with your friends and with us as well. So 1984. Hey, wait, 1983, what? can't miss the big thing that freaking happened, like, and they've made a comeback, is Cabbage Patch Dolls. Oh, come on. No, that not That was a big thing. Cabbage Patch have Dolls made- have come and gone over and over and over. You know what? I don't think any Cabbage Patch, I used to use my daughter, or my, my daughter, my sister's Cabbage Patch Dolls as, uh, as, Target practice for my GI Joes. <laughs> you know, was, they just looked like big, dumb, big-headed sissy dolls. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I remember those kids yeah. things. But do you remember garbage pail kids? Yes. Oh, yes. That, that was that was pretty awesome. But crazy toys, crazy toys they had. Launching right along with Cabbage Patch Kids, they couldn't leave the boys out. Remember what that was? He launched the exact uh, same year. About a month later, right before Christmas, it just didn't take off as well. I don't know. My buddy, my buddy, wherever I go, oh. he goes, my buddy, my buddy, <laughs> my buddy and me. You don't remember my oh, buddy? Like- <laughs> Oh my god. The doll that spurred on a culture of frightened children all over the world as soon as the good guy doll thing kind of came out with uh child's play. Yeah, my buddy dolls. You you have to remember that you know they came out right after Cabbage Patch as a as a direct competitor. Yeah, well they didn't do as well. No, they did. I think there was a lot of concern about boys having dolls. Yeah, yeah, it, it just wasn't a big thing back then. No, it still isn't. Actually, there's still like it still somewhat is, which is sad. All these years later, but yeah, I remember that you you sang that very well. 
I thought so too. You know, I, I think could rec- totally recognize and remember. I am definitely going to go on the voice and that is going to be my audition song. Blake Shelton, you better be ready for me. I'm coming for you, brother. But anyways, moving on to 1984 and getting through my, uh, my uh, flush state. You know what came out in 1984? Oh, 84 was big in my life. 84 was the year in my life that I remember out of all of the 80s. Wow, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. So much happened to me in 84. Okay, so I've only got one thing in 1984. <laughs> oh, shit. So I'll go first, and then you can finish it off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in 1984, Sony released its first pressed disc. Its first music disc was pressed in 1984 in, in America. Really? Right. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Huh. Wow. Huh. No, I didn't have that. And I do have one 84. more tip, or not tip, I guess. There's one more thing. Um, before it was RSS, there was a program that was put out that actually was the forerunner to RSS, you know, real simple syndication. And it, it allowed people to share audio files across a network. And that, that was released in 1984 as well, or developed in 1984 as well. So podcasting has its direct roots. Uh, at least the RSS part has its direct roots in 1984. Wow. Huh. That's useless I knowledge. Did, I, <laughs> I thought that was, you know, like the last 10, 12 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, anyway. that's shit I'm learning today. <laughs> well, 1984, come on. That is the year Purple Rain came out. Oh, that right. was, I should have known. I should have known. That was, that, like, pff, come on. Like, that <laughs> was just, like, the best thing ever. Um, and that was also, 1984 was, um, Michael Jackson did the moonwalk on the MTV awards, which like everybody lost their freaking mind when he did that. I remember sitting there watching it and just like, oh my God. And then everywhere, everybody's trying to do the moonwalk. Oh yeah. Like that was the big thing. Um, <laughs> and I could do it. I could do it. But see, I was a dancer, so I I don't know. I was kind of good at that. 1984, I lost my virginity in 1984. That is so, like to remember. Like, between Purple Rain and that? Come on. Like, 84 was a big freaking year. That Yeah, I can, I can understand that. Uh, that would be a huge <laughs> year. Per, you know, the whole thing, you know, when I remember Purple Rain uh, – of all the movies growing up throughout the 80s, there's only three movies I remember in the 80s. One was Breakfast Club, the 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 other one being Wall Street, and the third one being Purple Rain. And Purple Rain probably influenced me more than any other movie just for the simple fact that I saw him riding down that country road on that Honda Davidson. Okay, it was a Honda, but whatever. It was still a bike, and it was the coolest thing I ever seen in my life. And that inspired me. I wanted to. I wanted a motorcycle from that day on. 
a purple one. <laughs> I couldn't do that. Purple. Was custom made for him. That uh-huh. was custom made for him because he's as a short guy. As was everything in his life was custom made for him. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that was. Yeah, well, that movie totally influenced me too. Like, that's why I lost my virginity that year. <laughs> Was it, was it which which song was it? Was it Purple Rain? Was it uh, which song did you have playing in the background? You, I, I know there had to be a song. Yeah. What? Well, two, <laughs> two, two, songs? two. Darling, darling, Nikki, and When Doves Cry. Oh God! Two of the best songs on on the whole CD on that first track. Oh, a freaking eight track almost. There's good guitar riffs on Computer Blue. Yeah. And that. Uh, oh, anyway, I could go on and on, but <laughs> that was like, that was a, an epic year for sure. So was it like lose your virginity and then sit and listen to music for the next two songs or was it, <laughs> did it actually last for two songs? Inquiring minds need to know. <laughs> It lasted for quite a while, actually. I don't, I don't know why that came out. <laughs> what the hell? Thought I'd go with it. 1985, what the fuck happened that year? Uh, 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 what happened that year? Well, Back to the Future was a huge movie in the box office. That was another big movie of the 80s that people still talk about and of course you know the DeLorean and so yeah. that was a huge I was that 1985 when that came out 85. I'm sitting here like going through all these notes because I've got a bunch of additional notes that I wrote and I'm like oh, okay the Walkman the Brick cell phone the Cosby show the Challenger oh there it is that wasn't yet though yeah That's- that was a big movie and the other big thing that was huge was uh, that's the year that We Are the World was recorded. God, I didn't think it was that long ago. We Are the World was recorded um, to feed the um, to raise money for uh, for those starving in Africa. Yeah, Prince was asked to record on that, but he didn't want to. He said he'd do his own song. So yeah, it was he did his by uh, Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson. That was a, that was sort of the beginning of that kind of thing, yeah, collaborative. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. You haven't seen uh, the level of artists though. I, I was going through the artists list, and it, it it surprised me to see some of the the names that were on there. I didn't even realize were on there. And like Waylon Jennings, I had completely forgot Waylon Jennings was on that that uh, that song. Uh, Hall and Oates, I remembered. Um, I remembered Stevie Wonder, Cindy Lauper, but you know there are some names I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" I didn't even realize they were on there. Duran Duran, Boy George, um, Bonnie Tyler, Stevie Wonder. Yeah, it was huge, huge. And they- yeah, so that was that was, a, that was a pretty amazing. I remember watching it sitting there in my tele, you know, sitting there in my family, and we're watching "We Are the World" being sung live on TV for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that was, and the, and it still gets played, still yeah. gets played lots. 
Yeah, that's and that was sort of the beginning. There's been a lot of songs since then to raise money and artists getting together. That that was like the first one. That's also the year that the Titanic wreckage was found, 1985. That was a big thing to discover. I remember seeing a little bit of that and that um, them talking about it on TV. That was a huge thing. I'm surprised it took so long for a movie to be made after that was found. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think uh, I, I don't understand how the movie rights thing work. Um, there's a lot of I'm sure there's a lot of things that happen that kind of cause, you know, maybe a little bit of dragging going on and stuff like that. And then there's there's other things. I mean, 9-11 just got made this year and it happened 16 years ago. You, mm-hmm. you would have thought that would have happened a whole lot sooner than it did. But, you know, it's uh, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then, you know, Gorbachev became leader of the Soviet Union. So that was a busy year. A lot yeah. of stuff happened that year. Yeah. Okay, so and 1986. 1986, uh, Martin Luther King Day becomes official in 1986. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I thought there was always a Martin Luther King Day. I didn't realize that it was just, it was a newer holiday, I guess you would call it. Yeah. So, and then uh, of course the what something that we've been I kind of been kind of letting slip out over and over and over the challenger explodes. Yeah. That was that was bizarre. I remember seeing that and seeing it explode and thinking that's what's supposed to happen because I never really watched that before. I I like I hadn't watched takeoffs and launches and so I didn't know what the hell was supposed to happen and I remember watching it on TV and it exploded and all these pieces flew off and I thought okay well that's what's supposed to happen and then you've got the people that are announcing it then you're cluing in because they obviously knew more than I did that that's not what's supposed to happen so that was so sad and it was the the first time they had had a civilian teacher on the, on board. She was going and her, her name was Krista McAuliffe and she was going to uh, be doing, you know, teaching and stuff like that from space. They were going to actually beam the classes from the space shuttle and she was going to be a payload specialist and kind of go through her whole, her whole uh, classes. And I remember it was my fifth grade year. And I remember the teacher from our science class saying that for the next, I think it was like four or five weeks, every, every, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday or something like that, we were going to have a science class from space. And it was kind of a big deal for us. And we were sitting there watching the launch and then boom, the thing goes, goes, uh, just explodes. So the Challenger, it had, the honor to take the first woman into space. And it also had, you know, uh, take one out of space. Yeah. Well, before she got there, but, um, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, that, that's one of the other defining moments in our generation that when we all saw this happen and it's like, wow, you can, you can still remember where you were that day that that happened. So, and I thought it was so sad because her class was so excited and her class was watching. Right. 
like, oh, that must have been, what was that like as a, her class, as a child? Like, that was that, shocking. That was shocking. That had to have been just surreal. To, to Especially be, that you're little and that's your teacher and your teacher bl- explodes. Like, that must have been brutal. That I thought that was so sad. That was so sad. Yeah, that was a big deal. Um, that is also the same year that the USSR launched the Mir space station. So a lot of space stuff happened that year. The, I think the eighties were the last great decade of space, to be honest with you, because there was still that space race going on. Then you get into the nineties and it's more or less cooperation you know you start we started cooperating a whole lot more but in the 1980s it was still kind of a us and them type of thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah a lot sure happened as i was going through everything i was like holy cow a lot of stuff happened in the but again it was that you know the excessiveness i think of the 80s trying to you know do stuff and you having a breakdown are you okay there no, I'm not okay here. I looked over on the <laughs> page, and uh, the the video is getting all kinds of wonky. So hopefully, hopefully it straightens itself out. I'm gonna get off of that, so I'm not watching it because that just totally threw me for a loop. Stresses and, you out? Yeah, it, it it looked like we just exploded or something. I don't know. We don't need our, <laughs> we don't need the people to think that we uh, we just went the way of the challenger. So. Anyhow. Oh God. Okay. Hey, 86 big. That was a big year too because Oprah Winfrey launched her show and we all know what happened from that. She went on to do her show for 25 years. Um, huge following. Eventually her, her own magazine, her own network. Um, that that was the, the beginning of... She became the the woman who made herself. I mean, she is like the American dream come true. Yeah. Like she, yeah. She, household name, uh, like that woman, whatever she set out to do, uh, and launched a lot of other famous people, you know, a Yanla Van Zant, and you're making funny faces and Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? That's oh. what I'm looking for. That is what oh I see God. right now. So, hey, folks, uh, if you see me making some funny faces, that's the reason why I'm making funny faces. That is like, may as well be a camel spider because uh, that thing is huge. <laughs> Big old wolf spider. He's liking anyway. the heat there from the light. Yeah, he's he's going to be uh, dead after the show. Well, keep, an, <laughs> keep an eye on him. Anyways. Because, you know. I know what it's like to get bit. Um, yeah. yeah. And Chernobyl exploded. Like, that That was a big deal, too. I remember hearing about that. I didn't understand too much. I mean, I'm a teenager. What the hell? You know, I'm not really... I remember hearing about it, but not really paying too much attention to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 1987. I didn't have a whole lot. 87, I didn't have a whole lot. It, the, the research I was doing, that was kind of a boring year. The only thing I really remember is the the Minnesota Twins won the won, won uh, World Series. Um, 
I know, not very exciting. <laughs> oh, we're killing the spider now. Yeah, I had to die. <laughs> There's, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> started moving again. And uh, yeah, I, the the only thing that from screaming like a little girl was the fact that uh, I've got a live audience, and that's not cool. You nobody with a show called Raw and Real or Grit and Grace or they we shouldn't be screaming like little girls, but I was this close. Really? Oh my! That would be you and Bobby. Yeah. I don't like spiders. I, I don't like spiders. Snakes. I can yeah, deal no. with. But spiders? No, can't do it. Oh God, no! I can't do can't do snakes. Eighty-seven. I freaking graduated high school, and it's amazing I did because I skipped out the whole last three months. I hated school so bad. It's amazing I even had the grades to graduate. But eighty-seven, I remember because I graduated and I was free. Free at last. Done. Over. That's right. Not, <laughs> you know, and then uh, what I nineteen eighty seven would be uh that was the only thing I have from nineteen eighty seven was a Mustang GT convertible. Coolest car I ever owned in my entire life. So I love nineteen eighty seven just for that reason alone. Cool. Was it purple? No, it was white. <laughs> <laughs> white that's boring well at least it was a good car though and the other big thing i remember is 87 i remember that summer as a teen it was such a it was like one of the big things to go to the movies in the summertime that's where you'd see people i mean you couldn't go to the bar right so what did you do you like hung out in the mcdonald's parking lot you cruised around town you went to the movies and Dirty Dancing was that summer that I graduated. I think I went three times to watch that movie. It was, and Patrick Swayze was hot. And yeah, that was another good year. Another memorable year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I've, I've seen Patrick Swayze in person and um, he didn't you look. did? Yeah. He did not look like the person you saw on television ever. I you know No. No, no, he didn't. He you know, he was he was much thinner. Kill the dream. Kill the dream. No, I'm sorry, ladies. I, I'm sorry. Patrick Swayze did not look the same as he did in the movies. And uh you know, makeup does great things for people. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Well you know yeah. the other movie that I loved that he was in. What's that? <laughs> Roadhouse. Um, Roadhouse. Him and Sam Elliott. Oh my God! What a good movie that was. Now Sam Elliott looks just like he does in the movies. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, love to, Sam Elliott. I got to meet both Patrick Swayze and Sam Elliott two different times, two different reasons. But I did get to see them both, meet them both. Sam Elliott, one of the most amazing, genuinely nice guys you'll ever meet. Same way with Patrick Swayze. Very nice guy. Very respectful guy to the military. Um, yeah, super cool dudes. But Sam Elliott, dude, he is like that. If if you want to know what a freaking man is, if you want to know what, an, what the poster child for alpha male is, look up Sam Elliott. That's uh, all you got. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> He's just got like the swagger and the voice and the, the oh, yeah. voice. 
like, oh my God, like the voice, like just, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I need. Definitely. Like, oh, yeah. And he does those commercials. He voiceover, does voiceover for those commercials. It's yep. like, oh my God, the guy is the best voice ever. Yeah, he's definitely, uh, like I said, if you want to know a poster child for man in, you know, perfect male, alpha male, look up Sam Elliott. His picture will be right there and it'll have those, you know, they they you remember, you know, those commercials, the most interesting man in the world. And they got the, the oh, guy no. he says, I don't always drink beer, but when I do, it's just like, oh. you know, I yeah. think, I, I think they got it wrong. I, 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 just, you know, that guy's kind of impressive. Don't get me wrong. I've seen his commercials. He's kind of impressive. But I don't think he can hold a candle to Sam Elliott. I just don't. But anyways, let's get off Sam no. Elliott. Got a little bit of a crush on that Sam Elliott. Hey, come on now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was a good year. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, 1987, it was kind of a cool year. 1988, Nether, I, I, I kind of found that as a flat year. Didn't see a whole lot going on uh, other than, was it George W. Bush? Or no, George, the other, the older Bush, he was elected that year, right? Um, No, the year after. Oh, 89? 89. Oh, okay. Yeah, 89. So, yeah. 88 was, was, like two major plane crashes, the one over Scotland, that Pan Am flight over Scotland okay, yeah. um, that was um, was bombed, terrorist bombed, and the Iran air flight um, that was shot down by the U.S. by a U.S. Navy ship. That's right. So there was yeah. two big plane accidents that. Uh, so that's kind of a bummer, depressing. But the big thing was that that's the year that the Phantom of the Opera debuted in New York City, was the most popular all that time up until 2014 when The Lion King. Like, that's a long-ass run. Wow. Yeah. Especially for a, a – wow. Any broadcast – I mean broadcast. Any Broadway production <laughs> that lasts that long, that can, that can hang out at the top for that long, wow. That, you, you don't see that happen, happening. That's almost yeah. 30 years. Yeah, Lion King hasn't even made it that didn't even make it that far. Because yeah. when Rent came out, when Rent came out after Lion King, Rent took that top spot away from them relatively quickly. So mm -hmm. it's yeah, Phantom of the Opera. It, it's you know, have you ever seen the broad the Broadway production of that or no. the off production of it? It's uh, no. pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty intense. Yeah, I saw it in Minneapolis at the at a theater in Minneapolis, and that was pretty cool. Hmm. You know yeah, where that's Prince, a long where long Prince used to live. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> Anyways, we're coming up to the very end of the show, so let's get 1989 out of the way real quick, so we can tell everybody where the hell they can go to find us. 1989 is the older Bush. That's when he was inaugurated. The Berlin Wall came down. Um, a lot of stuff happens. That's when hundreds of Chinese students were killed in Tiananmen Square. That was pretty brutal. I've just the image in my head. I remember seeing a, a big tank and yeah. a lot of people on the ground. 
Um, ugh. And, and that, um, thing that, that was one of the other uh, moments that I, I was going to talk about is being one of those key moments in our lives, you know, seeing those types of things, the Berlin Wall coming down, the Tiananmen Square, uh, you know, student, um, what's the word I'm looking protest. for here? Protest. Yes, protest. please. So, you know, seeing these types of things, there are so many changes at the end of the 80s going into the 90s. Wow. You know, this, yeah. our, our generation is truly the last uh, generation of, of people who really found out our news through television, not through the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. You know, the 80s was the first for a lot of things. And then things kind of followed along in the 90s and in the 2000s. And so many firsts happened in the 80s. Like, you know, the Exxon Valdez that ran ashore, huge oil spill, like things like that. And the major plane crashes and, and the protests at Tiananmen Square, like those types of things. We've seen those things since then. But the 80s were a pivotal decade. Like it was just, and then the very big thing, the last thing. The last thing? Well, not the last thing, but the last thing I have. What's the last thing you have? I, where we are right now. (laughs) Radio? (laughs) I don't know. The internet. Oh, the internet! Mm. I didn't think the that was world. until 1990. I don't I didn't think that was until 1984. Well, that's what I thought. But a few resources that I came across: Tim Berners-Lee, a British scientist, invented the World Wide Web. Doesn't mean it came out. It, invented you mean it, it. Al Gore? No. Oh my God, Al Gore! You liar! <laughs> sorry sorry that, that's an old joke <laughs> i thought that was so perfect thinking oh my god and so here we are now the internet is such a huge has reduced us from you know was the six degrees of separation we are one degree of separation now oh definitely the and, internet has literally taken this world from the size of an unimaginable sphere that you could never breach to literally something the size of a soccer ball that uh, you can literally reach over and touch the people on the other side with, you know, of the world. It's, we have reduced the world to a mere Skype chat. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. It's amazing. I mean, look at you and I, you know, you're in South Dakota. I'm up on the West coast of Canada. When I, um, was with, you know, co-owner of the radio station. You know, we had producers that were in Serbia and our operations director was in Nicaragua and my partner was, you know, on the east coast of the United States. I'm on the west. Like, you know, I've had clients in Australia. I've had, cl- like, all over North America. It's just unbelievable. The opportunity, especially for a business owner, used to be you opened a business and it was local. If you could get the word out outside of your community and you could ship now it's unbelievable you can get to know people well you can you can partner with people you can 
which doesn't always work out great, but you know, uh, sometimes it's unbelievably fantastic. So it's, yeah, it's just unbelievable friendships that I've made that I never would have had things I've learned. I never would have learned stories that I've heard opportunities. Thank you, Tim Berners-Lee. That's all I got to say. Definitely. Thank you very much. You know, I would not have met an amazing person like you to be my cohort on Grit and Grace TV. And we would not have been able to build the audience that we have had the pleasure of building had it not been for you. So thank you very much, Lynn. I love the fact that we got to spend an hour together reminiscing about the 80s. You had some way cooler stories about the 80s than I sure did. (laughs) Especially that one about getting laid, but uh, whatever. Uh, you know, I was just, I guess I was a little bit later bloomer than you were. Not a big deal. So, well, you're younger, yeah, a lot younger than me. Well, just a little bit, not too much. Just, just, you know, short, you know, not that much younger. But anyhow, you know, I had such a good time with, you guys, with, with all of you tonight. I, you know, it, I have fun every time we come out here. So, yeah. how, how do they uh, get a hold of us and how can they? Help us to reach more people. Well, if you visit us on our website at gritandgracetv.com, you can find out all the ways that we're available. Maybe video is it for you. Maybe you're an audio-only kind of person. Well, you can get us on Stitcher. You can get us on Google Play. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. And exciting news, we are now going to be broadcast through SiriusXM, their streaming platform so we are going to be available through spoke so we don't have that link for that yet we we haven't gotten in rotation yet but if you go to our website you'll see right on the home page all the different ways that we're available our shows are rebroadcast monday nights on milehighradio.com so and you can also subscribe to our youtube channel and every time we upload a new show, you will be notified. And that goes with subscribing to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or anything else. Now, the big thing is that we want from you is we want questions because we're going to be coming to you more than once a week. We're going to be coming to you three times a week. So if you have questions, if you have suggestions, we want to hear from you. And you can... (laughs) You can do that on our website if you go again to gritandgracetv.com. You can click on the comment or question tab. That's what it's called. And you can anonymously ask us a question. Maybe it's about business. Maybe it's about podcasting. Maybe it's a personal question. Maybe I can't see that. Yeah, send questions. (laughs) Maybe it's uh, something that you're struggling with personally or professionally, or you want to get into podcasting, or you need somebody to help you with something. We got people. Both of us, CG and I both know so many people all over, not just in North America where we live. We've got people all over. So if you have something that you need help with, that a question that you have, whatever it is, you can ask that anonymously on our website. So, Or you have a show suggestion, but we want to start doing Q&A shows regularly on Fridays. So send us your questions. No need to be shy. It's anonymous. That's it. That's all I got. That's all we got. So, what are you still doing? Why are you still here? <laughs> yeah. 
you later. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We appreciate each and every one of you each and every week when we come out here. We just like to have fun. And I know you like to have fun, too. So please share. Please join in. Comment. Leave your, leave your comments. Leave your questions. Challenge us a little bit. Push our buttons a little bit. Whatever it is, keep us real. Keep us up there because that's all we know how to be. Till next time, everybody. See you later. Peace. Stay wild, everybody. Grit and Grace has been brought to you by the Ripka Media Group and produced by Saloon 7 Studios. Thank you for listening.